The Sour Hour is meant for the serious brewer. The Sour Hour may contain some seriously funkified content. The Sour Hour is not for the faint of heart. So exercise some damn discretion, would you please? Sheesh. And now, here's the Sour Hour with Jay Goodwin. God damn it, Justin. This this show is definitely known for the worst intro outros of all the sour hours. Oh, is your mic on, Scott? No. Yeah, I've never seen um, arms more tightly crossed than Justin's were right there. His lips were pursed, his arms were crossed, and he was like, no, no intro for you. Well, the problem is, unlike other BN shows, like Brew Strong, Heads and Tails... Brewing with style, brewing with style. That's, that's a good brew. one. Doctor Homebrew is also good. Shine Runner, the new show, also yep, good. Shine um, Bikes uh, and beers. The oh, uh, what is, is this? Sp- the Spanish speaking one called? Entre Cervezas. Entre, Entre Cerveza. It, the, mm-hmm. A plethora. Those are all. Those, we that, got them we, all. We need those all. Are definitely them. all of yep. them. <laughs> those, the, all the, you're, you're going to say all those shows have the intros nailed. Yeah. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Yeah. Great production value. And, you know, even Justin, I was talking to him outside, and it was just like, you know what's great about this show? It's like, I'm just producing the show, but not speaking on the show. So I can really focus in on my craft, except he's not at all. He's doing a <laughs> terrible job. Well, and now I found a microphone, so that's all out the window, too. Yeah. I keep hoping you'll learn to become a good broadcaster for me. I know, right? Uh, just never happens. It's never going to happen. Hey, by the way, it's that time. It's the Sour Hour on the hey. Brewing Network. I'm your host, Jay, not Justin. Hi, Even not though Justin. he likes to be called Jay, that's not his name, that's mine. It's bullshit that he appropriates that from me, but that's okay. You're, you're kind of like Brewcaster Jay, if you will. Yeah, that's my new nickname. <laughs> Throwback. <laughs> We're at the uh, Brewing Network HQ2 here in Fort Collins, Collins. Colorado. Woo! Yeah. Thank you all for having us. We're having a great time. A lot of great brewers on the show. And we're, we're all lucky enough to have their beers uh, on tap here at this uh, radio station. Yeah, I, on, our conve- on our kegerator conversion. Yeah, which yeah. I, I think I can mention. I don't know. Now that we're outside of Seems California, like yeah. we're at the Hop Grenade 2. Whoa, it's so here to hear you say it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't call us, don't email us, don't watch us live, but listen live. Brewing Network app, search BN Mobile. That's a thing. Subscribe and leave feedback. That, and I don't know, just, Justin, have you actually looked through the uh, feedback comments on... There is 0% chance, Justin, iTunes or whatever for that. the Sour Hour. No way. No. Because no. no if you ever want a good laugh, we actually solicit... I'm sure I've told you this before, but we solicit uh, feedback comments trashing your show. Oh, wow. (laughs) And it's like one paragraph of trashing the session, and it's like, and the Sour Hour is good. Five stars. I hope they give you five stars, yeah. (laughs) And and then uh, with the rejoinder suggestions, of course, which you should put on your your review, you should put on a rejoinder suggestion if you have one, the music coming back from break. But we always think it would be hilarious for, like, new people stumble upon this show that don't necessarily know the Brewing Network or the session. They're like, oh, Sour Beer, what's this show about? And they read the reviews, and they're like, what is this? What is this session? (laughs) Everyone hates. But it backfires on you. Not I, yet. We're, we're know, world not, famous. I may not listen ever. Or yep. read anything about us. Or read anything about <laughs> Or you. take any interest at all. But, but. I, but I do know the listener numbers of all of our shows. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, you are not number one. <laughs> wow. There you go. And I'll give you one guess as to whose show is number one. How old is your show? <laughs> and how old is our show? He makes a point. You've got eight years on us. Okay. We'll have this conversation again in eight years when you're still working for free. I quit. I quit. <laughs> You'll be long dead by then, Justin. I'll have taken it over. Yeah. There's, there's my leverage on the table. <laughs> but no, thank you all for listening, and uh, we're thrilled to be here in Fort Collins. 
Shoot, I was going to say something else funny about Justin, but now I forgot. Because he's talking, and it's distracting. It is very distracting. Scott knows just to support me no matter what on the show, Justin, so... That's I right. I support him no matter what on the show. I know that. Off the show, he's like, this guy sucks. Yeah. I mean, I'm mostly just trying to take your money on the poker table off the show. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Scott does a good job. We'll get, a, we'll get a game going tonight. Yeah. I'm down. We have a poker table here, actually. At this? At, at where we are? Currently where we are. Yes. Do you guys play? Harrison, do you play? Mitch, do you play? No. no. All right. You're playing. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Put your money Harrison, <laughs> you didn't join our home game after the last sour hour? What? No, no, they like, no, they had to go back. I feel like but you we were did there. Play. No, I remember taking some money off of you. Yeah, I definitely scooped oh, some pots yeah, off yeah, of yeah, Harrison. Sorry. Yeah, that happened. Wait, but was, was Ryan wasn't there? No, no, Ryan was not. But Harrison definitely was. Yeah, sure. Ryan had to go. You <laughs> Sounds know, all right. Okay. Start another brewery or something. Oh, or something. Yeah, which we won't mention because he's not on the show. So. Hope but to we, come back. Yeah, we do have Harrison back. Uh, the first ever sour hour. Back-to-back podcast guest. Yeah, that is pretty special. Another word for that, like champion, you know? Champion, hashtag champion. You're a champion. Oh, yeah. Uh, But we also have another uh, Sour Hour alumni joining us here, Mitch from Speciation. Thank you for being here, Mitch. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, of course. We uh, drank a lot of your wonderful beers. and That's awesome. And we've got a new pour here in front of us as well. Sure do. Uh, This is great. You, You drove here... In the middle of the night, all the way from Western Michigan. No. Yes. <laughs> He's I'm like, make you, that up. Yeah, you, you heard we were going to be here. <laughs> I've done that before. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> not again. Never again. No, I flew in from Atlanta, actually, for my brother's wedding. And, yeah, oh. I've been all over for back-to-back trips. Yeah. Hey, all you guys, guys you brewers, too. you bearded brewers. We're so crazy. We're so crazy. We're so crazy. Look at all you. We're still fully bearded. And somehow things still get done at the brewery. It's shocking. Yeah, that, that's the part I don't understand. And the yeah. beards are just because nobody has tri- time to shave. You're on, you're just on an airplane. <laughs> you're tr- every two seconds you have that spare, you're trying to sleep. You know, it's like there's other people who work at our breweries, and it's really a tribute to us here right now that things still get done. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, what would anyone do without you guys? Yeah. Uh, no, Probably we're back. Um, yeah, so we have a bunch of beers open. Uh, we had the the Funk Yeah, which was delicious on your guys' last show, but uh, for us just a few minutes ago. And now we have uh, Mitch's beer open here. And I can't see it, but maybe Scott or Mitch, you can tell us what this is. Did did we have this? uh, Delicious. When when you were on? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so either. But I honestly can't remember. Uh, So Saltation is uh, tequila barrel aged sour with. we did it. We did Blood orange, tequila, guava, lime. lime, and salt. I think yeah. we had a tequila. Was there a different tequila one? Yeah, so we did. Uh, we Last year, every sour beer that we released was, that was air quotes, uh, was called Incipient. There yeah, were so yeah. many of them that we just decided, like, let's start giving every beer its own name. And so we did release a version of this last year, but this one's a slightly different blend. It's mm. good. I like the idea of uh, your brewery. And the beer names ending in shun. Did you invent that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know of anybody else. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> no, nobody else that I can think of does that. It's very unique. Uh, yeah, so, you guys are innovative. So Harrison Off Air, in between shows, we were talking about uh, what Jim Crooks from uh, Firestone Walker Barrel Works was saying about, you know, aging his sour or wild beers in barrels for a long time. You know, you kind of had some more thoughts on that, but then maybe we could throw that out there again for Mitch to comment on just about what your guys' general thoughts are on, you know, what's the typical time frame for your beers, and is there a sweet spot? Is there too soon, too late? What's, for the, maybe the new sour beer brewer out there, what's the general time range, even though that's a little bit of an unfair Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to know, like, you can't just generalize it, but I mean... We found that our mash temperature really uh, determined how long the beer was, you know, more resistant to oxygen, right? I mean, we're, we're trying to make three-year beer for the most part, and we're mashing really hot. We're going 162, 160-ish, um, down to 158, so. That's hot. Yeah, it's That's real hot. hot. And we sparge That's at one. That's so hot. That's hot. so hot right now. What do you now? sparge at? 193. That's Even hotter. Uh, we, That's, uh, That's incredibly hot. It's it's. Yeah, it's scary hot. Uh, we, <laughs> they we like those tannins. They go away eventually. Yeah. I mean, they age out. They, they soften change. up. 
get real soft. No mashed like rest time. <laughs> Are we talking about sous vide-ing meat or yeah, or Paris Hilton? Beer? Or yeah. it's unclear. Yeah, okay. yeah. it could That's go many ways. Um, but we found that that really high mash temp really, you know, your fermentation goes for a year or more versus you know a couple months. Where if your fermentation finishes really early, right, your bread isn't really active. Your yeast, you know, your sack if there's any in there dies off. And the acetic acid levels will increase, you know, over time way more rapidly if your beer finishes out. So, I mean, four months in, our beer is still, you know, eight Play-Doh from 12. It's not really attenuated. Spontaneous or? Both. Ah, both. Both. They both. With Saccharomyces primary fermentation. Uh, we don't pitch sack in primary all the time. But when we do, it still doesn't drop below six. It's still fairly high. That's pretty high. Yeah. I and mean, we feel that that really high mash temp really, you know, lets that fermentation, like, drag out for the entire year of aging. I'm sure it so would. We, yeah. we are the opposite uh, at Speciation. Uh, we started out mashing at 146 and then bumped it up to 148. Uh, and uh, I would agree, definitely, the time that it is uh, left in the barrel, mash temperature determines so much of that. And obviously just tasting it constantly. But uh, we tend to do very short stints in barrels. Uh, we, we do a lot of spirit barrels, which I didn't think we would be doing, but I just started doing it because they, our base beer tasted really good in it. Uh, and all, all kinds of spirit barrels. So we typically go in those barrels very quickly. Like we'll transfer from stainless or our, one of our fooders, uh, some established sour beer. And we'll transfer that into spirit barrels. And it might only be in there for two weeks, maybe up to like two months. Uh, and then we're transferring back out into stainless. Um, but then we obviously have some spontaneous stuff going too, uh, which sits a lot longer. But I've noticed that the some of the stuff that we've done, we'll mash at 148 and put it in a, any kind of barrel to age. And a year later is very acetic. Uh, and I've, tr- I've taken care of it like the whole time. I know there's a whole debate about topping up and all that kind of stuff, but that's probably for another conversation. Well, we just had it earlier <laughs> on the show, so ah, good. It's generally good. It's maybe up. I should have listened. Are you are you pro <laughs> or anti? Uh, I I'm kind of both. I don't really. I'm not in either camp. It's I do. Terri- I do both. It's a terrible radio answer. You <laughs> no, gotta, I do you hot takes. So I, I do both. All the way on one side, or I do both because I like to have a variety of barrels to pick from when I'm blending. Yeah. So. That's fine. <laughs> the barrels, you're, you're just doing like, you know, two weeks to two months, and then you're switching to stainless just because you're getting all you want, yeah, all the extraction you want. we generally, like, just try to make pretty balanced beers. Our beer, our base beer is very light, and I find that if we leave our base beer in a spirit barrel for a long time, the spirit just totally takes over yeah. the base beer. And maybe even after only a couple, a few weeks, it already is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, this, I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was not more than six or eight weeks. Wow. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah, it's such a pungent flavor. Yeah, so we just wanted to keep it in line. There's a bunch of different fruits and salt in this, so we kind of wanted to, like, you know, right across, right across the board, level it out. You get equal amounts of all fruits and the spirit character. It's it's very good. I really like the spirit. Yeah, I, maybe I'll I'll pose from the rare barrels perspective why that sounds weird to me, and then you guys tell me what I should do. No, so, no. Like, <laughs> I don't like this proposition. Well, you're live on the I'll air, take a crack so at it. you right. have so you have to. Uh, so we, you know, brew a primary fermentation beer. It's clean air quotations mm-hmm. uh, you know we are an all sour brewery so you know it's possible there's some cross-contamination I don't you know have any dreams about there being a totally we, you know it's not like we're going to be able to do a pilsner and <laughs> it'll be shelf stable forever I mean uh, H hops in a pilsner yeah well hey Scott you're on to something there that sounds pretty damn good yeah that sounds great uh, sauce but yeah. so we do that and then we kind of dry it out, add bread, go to barrels, let that dry out even more, and then try to add an inoculant because the inoculant's so powerful, it'll get sour very fast. And I think at the prime of most of our barrel-aged beer, when we, I'll say, move on it, another air quote, move on it, is six to nine months, something like that. Mm-hmm. And that can either be... Hey, we're going to package this. If there's no fermentable sugars going going to be added to it, 
in addition. Yep. Or um, if there is, then maybe it'll be more the 9 to 12 or 15-month range. Mm-hmm. So when we try to do a spirit barrel-aged beer, there's this tough thing we run into where we really need to put like a neutral beer, a non-sour neutral beer into the spirit barrel because let's say we wanted to make, at the end of the day, we want to make a tequila barrel-aged apricot sour beer. Well, you would think when you start out, all right, let's make the apricot sour beer. And then let's age it in tequila barrels. Except you put a sour beer in a spirit barrel, depending on what it is, might let a little too much oxygen in mm-hmm. over time. Might get too sour. Um, we, we've had a hell of a time getting enough extraction in the, t- like, there's a, you know, there's two, and this is bad on podcast, but... There's two... Uh, Jay is waving his arms around wildly. Yeah. There's two things He's going on a graph. He's doing some yeah. kind of X Where, uh, like, thing. barrel character goes up and the balance goes down because of how much acid is introduced because of the oxygen. And so, at this point, basically, I say I hate spirit barrels. Not because I don't like... I mean, I love drinking this beer. Yeah. I'm glad that you made it, not me. <laughs> uh, but I like I haven't been able to really figure it out. So, what is your advice for me? I don't care about Send anyone help, else Mitch. who's listening. Send help quickly now. <laughs> Send help. I don't know. I think we just try to keep our base beer at a slightly higher pH than I know what the finished beer is going to be. Mm-hmm. That's we try to keep it. We know we're going to be adding acidic fruit, probably barrel, more barrel time, that kind of thing. So we try to keep our base beer a little a little less acidic. So we just try to balance it out that way, like starting with the slightly less sour beer, so that you don't end up with something that's going to rip the enamel so off. That, your that's teeth. what you're saying. So is it not sour at all? Like, no, are no, you make, you're making a clean. Oh, beer? it's definitely sour. It's like I don't know, pH three point two or something like that. Maybe three point three from the fooder. Um, it seems pretty sour. But I feel like by the time we are packaging it, it's usually like three point one, and uh, with all the fruits and the tannins from the barrel. It doesn't always end up ripping the enamel off your teeth. We've had some that have, and we're like, that's just how that blend ended up, and we still like it, obviously, because we're selling it. But it might be a little too sour for our taste. And honestly, we've only been open for a year and a half, so I'm still trying to, like, nail it. But so I'll be honest. I think your pH still- meter is broken <laughs> <laughs> because that's good. there's no way this started at 3.3, yeah. and now it's 3.1. Yeah, I don't know. That's I, don't know. I don't know this one specifically. A shake yet. There's, yeah. like, 3.4. Three, three, four, maybe. This isn't that sour at all. No. This is and actually it's great. Yeah, it's wonderful. This is a crazy good beer. Like, honestly, like I saw the ingredients after I tried it. And I thought there was like rosemary. I think and, you guys like, are experiencing uh, palate fatigue with all these black projects. You know what? I wonder if it is. No, I my wonder, palate's great. It's it's all the um, the additions like the, the guava and stuff. It's it's being experienced as acidic, but it's not really. It's punchy, yeah. but it's not acidic punchy at the starting <laughs> pHs. And obviously, like we've you know we talked with. Jim a little bit earlier about titratable acidity yeah, and yeah. all that stuff and you know I think we're as brewers and blenders we're all kind of in the same boat that that's a, a better measure definitely and, but for shorthand you know and it's a quicker easier easier piece of equipment yeah. Uh, yeah. you know I think people know what four three five and three kind of Generally. are in pHs but I I just Reject that this is like a lower <laughs> three beer. Once you start adding fruits and stuff, though, I mean the the TA will change a lot, right? It might yeah. not be perceivably as acidic as you think it would, but I think it's a good baseline for base beer because you know there's, I mean, yeah. what, like roughly what it's going to be. I think. So how do you guys? What are, what are your approaches like to how would I make that controlling? <laughs> well, I don't know. Sam, oh. I just said I don't know. Or like you, a, you just dump it down the train. Or like right? a spirit yeah. barrel beer. Like I might make like yeah. ferment in the spirit barrel and blend it in on top of fruit later. Mitch, Mitch just went like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we picked that up on the podcast. <laughs> what, what would that accomplish? Like, you, why does that pop to your mind as your right? method? So I, I think you can you can control the amount of spirit barrel character you put into the beer that way like you have like a very controlled level right you can blend it and you know like okay i'm gonna get this much tequila barrel character in this beer if i put x amount in on fruit um you have like a lot more control versus also if you do a fruit beer and then put it on tequila barrel like your fruit character starts falling off Mm -hmm. right um definitely i think yeah i think the best way would be maybe make it in the spirit barrel 
But the downside of that is like maybe you get too much tannin extraction from the wood. The other thing you could do is like have base beer that you transfer in the tequila barrel with the fruit, so you have some fermentation happening to try to like absorb and drive off that oxygen, so you don't pick up as much acetic acid. I think you should, both should just stop telling me what to do. Yeah. No. You asked for it. I don't it. know. You asked for it. Chance is over. That's just how we would approach, or I would approach it. Um, awesome. Well, I mean, this is this is a great beer. So I think you know we're running long on the show as we always do, but. We've already had these. See, here's. I think I know what's coming. I'm going I'm I'm to trick people. Okay. I'm ready for They've it. They've already been on the show. Yes, they have. What are we, where are we going with this? I'm going to ask the same question. <laughs> and they have no idea what they said the first time, I hope. <laughs> I don't remember the show at all. Yes, I know, right? Perfect. I think I remember Harrison what I was said. just on. So. Huh? so what do you guys think the biggest mistake in sour beer making is? Uh, I guess I'm going to start, and I, I'm pretty sure this is what I said last time, but I could totally be wrong. Uh, it actually ties into the conversation we just had, which is uh, a lot of sour brewers don't come up with their own methodology and don't put the time in to experiment and dump beer and come up with their own way of doing things. I think that's probably the most important thing, especially now that there's so many breweries doing what we're doing. You want to have something that's like unique to your you know, in whatever way that is, unique to your process, that maybe some other brewers consider wrong, like you guys. Or maybe, but if it makes good beer, then that's fine. And I think that that's probably just the biggest mistake is not spending the time and uh, resources in experimenting with different process uh, things and dumping bad beer. So not forklifting. Oh boy, vessels. <laughs> yeah, that's actually beer. the biggest. The biggest mistake is not buying a forklift. <laughs> Could be problematic for sure. Harrison, you know, let's try to put a positive spin on this. How can you make better beer? Uh, you know, reach out Fuck to. Uh, I go negative. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> it's Jay's show, but I can do, I can do what I want. Uh, you know, reach out. Like, I mean, I think everyone that we talked to early on, like, was more than helpful with our beer. Um, if you have questions, bring them your beer, like have them taste it with you and be like, you know, like, what could I do better? Like, I think everyone's more than willing to help you make better beer. Like we want to drink it. Uh, just don't be afraid to reach out and ask questions and uh, get some feedback on your beer. And I think that's probably the best way to go to make you know, better beer. I should add an addendum to mine now. That is, <laughs> I was saying that you should come up with your own process, but that's obviously through a process of being inspired by people's beers that you respect and uh, asking them for feedback. Also, just email Jay at the brewing Definitely <laughs> email Jay at the brewing Ask him how he does everything. Uh, he has all the answers. I really just steal everyone else's. Totally. Yeah, it's not even my process anymore. You just use the show to be like, so how do you guys do it? And then you just furiously scribble notes down. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Now, I listen to After the Fact because I was just talking ah. to Justin about I don't pay attention in the show at all. It's hard. And then I listen later. It, it is, it's hard to absorb. As what you would I'm think. a host and a listener. It's, huh? What? Yeah, I subscribe. You are? You're a subscriber? Yeah. Sour Beer Box. I support our, our, our uh, sponsors, too. Got to take wow, that. Wow, look at that. Got to take one <laughs> listener number away from your numbers. <laughs> God damn it. I think you uh, two might, might be subscribed, too. That's, uh, that's really going to decrease my pay. Uh, Non-caster Jake, can I ask a, <laughs> can I ask a question? Yes, serious question. Uh, creepy man in the corner. Go. S- serious question. <laughs> Based on what I'm hearing about finding your own methodology, and then also listening to Jim and and Peter talk about sour beers. I have a, my question, I guess, is you know Peter kind of says keep it simple, and I believe it was Jim who was also saying like in Europe they, they've been doing this already for you know centuries. Yeah. Why are we finding our own methodology? Why does this show exist? Why? And I, I, but I mean this in a real way. Of course I know why the show exists, but why is it so hard? Why are we finding it so difficult and like reinventing the wheel here in the U.S. when clearly it's been done? Do you see what I'm getting at here? Sure. I'm, I'm curious why we're finding it so difficult to do this. Well, I think sour beer brewers are masochists at heart. Yeah, they uh, love pain. And... We want to find the next best way to make sour beer. And just because something's been done one way forever, there's a long history of making things that shows that that's not that it's not right. It's just it's not the only way to do it. Are we improving on it? 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All the time. So okay. it's, it's kind of like saying it's the classic tradition versus innovation argument. As Americans, we appropriate and more positively innovate on things. I, th- I think that's in our nature. Number one is steal things from other people. But <laughs> number two. Yeah, improve on goose. So then like. try and improve, you know. You, I, I, I've started to watch all these, like, you know, cool Netflix chef shows and stuff like that. And they're, like, talking about uh, Vietnamese Cajun hybrid foods. And then there's, like, in L.A., there's Korean barbecue and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do that. Let's continue to do that until there's essentially no... There's no lines. Yeah. It's just it's just all new stuff all the time, and I think that's really inspiring and wonderful. And so, yeah, is there an easier way? Sure, not easier. Just like a, there's a blazed path, two roads diverge in the woods, and I took the one less traveled, baby. <laughs> well, and I, with that, with Full your point. Stop. Full stop. And thank you for just getting right back in yeah, on that. That's how I'm going to cut straight to break. <laughs> sure. With you saying that, I'm, Frost, sort of, but I'm answering my own question in my head, too. That, uh, <laughs> You're a poet. We would just buy, we just wouldn't make sour beer that if we weren't going to take the fork in the road and do it the way you're doing it. In other words, we would just keep buying Cantillon and call it a day. Yeah. Here, here in the U.S., right? Like, I would just... Classic okay, goose. It's already been done. I'm glad you said that, though, because that was one of the things that I think inspired all of us is that... You know, these Belgian breweries were doing it so well, and we loved it so much. And it's like, you know, we're at our essence cocky motherfuckers. And, to <laughs> Absolutely. A, and, and humble as fuck. The most humble people. We can do it better. The most. And we so think. American. <laughs> and it's like, wow, maybe if we can make, you know, a 50% version of this or 75%, that would, wow, that'd be great. Or... 90, and now we're, you know, I don't mean to put metrics on it, but I think we're getting fairly close in the United States, making great sour beer, and it's like, we're really doing it. And I just, the, the I just think a lot of us are driven by, it, yeah. there's so much unexplored terrain still, so why, why just go down that path that everybody else has gone? When it might not necessarily work out, but there's so much more still, like... How many years into the show? There's still so much unexplored terrain in sour beer. Uh, so why not just keep exploring until we're all just, like, dead? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. I will accept, That's how we should end it. Right I will accept there. those I'm answers. Death. I'm going to go change my review. <laughs> that was beautiful, Jay. Right as well. <laughs> thank you. All right. Two negative. Three stars. <laughs> well, thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you. For being on the show. Uh, I think we're coming up on a break. Yep. Break time. We'll be right back on the sow were our were. Hi, this is Ryan Wheaton, the host of a new podcast called Branding Brews. Branding Brews is a show focused on marketing, branding, and design for the beer industry. I have spent over 14 years as a professional designer. As a host, I bring my knowledge to the show to interview other great beer professionals. Whether you're thinking about starting a brewery, already own a brewery, want to learn more about marketing beer, or you're a seasoned veteran, this show is for you. The show will cover topics such as rebranding a brewery, package and label design, crowdfunding, design, social media, plus much more related to promoting and creating a great beer brand. Make sure to check out the show along with useful show notes at brandingbrews.com. You can also subscribe to the Branding Brews podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Again, check us out at brandingbrews.com. Right, Justin. Finally got it. He's a professional. I think this laptop only has a couple of rejoiners on it, like maybe two, two, right? Like two or three of the old school ones. So yeah. that's why we keep using the same one. That's fine, but it's cool. It's cool. It's a throwback. You just gotta wait till it says like wild or funky. Funky. Yeah. It's like whatever. Just, on with the show, Goodwin. Just do your fucking job. <laughs> All right. Don't worry. We'll about check. Me. <laughs> 
We're back. It's the Sour Hour, live from Fort Collins. Mitch is still here. James is joining us. Back. Back. You know? Back again. Oh, Seven years together. deeper. It's so nice to be able to hear James and be sitting with him IRL. None of this China nonsense. I know, right? Oh, yeah. It's good. And it, wow, now there's a lot of uh, Black Project beers on the table. Well, I don't know what's going on, so I just got them all out. Dude, thanks for bringing all and these then, bottles. That's uh, fine. No one knows what's going on here. All of them got poured, so I guess we can't have that one. That that's, took three years to make. Right there. Oh, you got them. Cool. How great. Well, you made it to make, and it took okay. two seconds to pour. All right, it's gone now. Uh, yeah. What is this? Oxcart. <laughs> that's Oxcart, so that's our. Uh, Three-year spontaneous blend, Method Traditionnel 3. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about the Method Traditionnel and your role oh, yeah. in that process. You know, uh, Jester King came up with this whole... Never heard of them, but yeah, okay. No, I don't know. Who? They're a small brewery. I don't know. They're in Texas or Arkansas or somewhere like that. Yeah. Anyway. Whatever. Somewhere. It's down. It's, it's in the south. Yeah. And they came up with this idea of Method Goose, which was a great idea. Uh, it wasn't very strictly defined but they had a really good framework and then um horal uh which is the what does that stand for i don't know (laughs) (laughs) the l stands for lembic (laughs) and they're they're belgian um and they uh they sort of lost their they were not okay with the term goose being used Mm -hmm. uh even though it was preceded by method use it or goose it you know they were, yeah, they were not okay with that. This other, I, well, anyway, uh, it, it, I ended up being over there, and Jeff and I went over and talked with a few people from Oral. Jeff Stuffings of Jester King. Jeff Stuffings of Jester Women. King, that brewery in the south. We sat down and had sort of some ideas to work with, and honestly, we went in there. Um, Levi Funk was involved also. He didn't go on the trip, but he was involved in, in fine-tuning it and dealing Funk with factory it. Factory Yes. I'm sorry, I'm just hosting here. Is his name it's great. Like no, host away. host away. Host away. No, this is legit, like, birth name. It's like Chris Moneymaker? Like, they're just born to do what they do? And yeah. that poker, I mean, Scott. All right. We'll play after. <laughs> we'll play, <laughs> right. play after okay. the show. All right. I don't know. And so, so I went over there, and uh, they were pretty hard line about not using the term goose, um, even if it was preceded by method. So Does that mean they're not down with goose-inspired either? They're not... No, no, they're okay with Goose Inspired. We specifically were, they were specifically okay with Goose Inspired. But not really. Method Goose. Yeah, they don't want, the, they don't want the, des- the descriptor of the beer. So if you're describing it in paragraph form, it's okay to say it's inspired by Goose. Because that's, that's literally a fact. Yeah, I mean, if right, you're doing yeah. it, this is a fact. Yeah. You're not describing the beer as that. You're saying this is what's inspired it. Sure. Um, but they don't want the, like, subtitle, you know, Oxcart, Goose Myth. style, Goose Inspired beer. Got they're it. not okay with that. Got it. We just call ours three-year spontaneous blend. But the, the larger sense was, and, and the, I think the impetus behind, behind Method Goose was a sort of certification mark or some way to certify that, yes, this beer is called Method Goose. It's different probably than other beer you see in the United States that might be called Goose or Eau de Goose or Lambic because this beer is, is certified that it's made at least in the Belgian tradition. And... A lot of beer, in fact, I would say, I don't know of a beer made in the United States today that is called Goose or Lambic that is made in the traditional fashion. Name one. I, well, maybe I'm wrong. Got to <laughs> minds maybe I'm here. wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But, um, you know, I mean, you got, you got breweries that making uh, beers called Eau de Goose, Lambic. They don't have a cool ship. Huh. Mm-hmm. It's not Eau de Goose now, right? Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't mean it's bad beer, but... And it's not made in... Uh and, and then there's the whole another thing yeah. of Goose Lambic has to be made, and Goose and Lambic has to be made the particular in the Peyotin land or yeah. in Belgium or whatever they want to call it. And so, and so that was the other thing is like, you know, people are, are taking time to make this beer spontaneous fermentation, blend of one, two, and three years old, or, or if nothing else, spontaneous fermentation and, and the difficult brewing procedure that it takes to get it. Those who are doing that want to have something to call it so people know what that is. And it'd be cool to just call it Lambic or Goose, but it's not made in Belgium, and we want to respect those people. But there's people already calling things Lambic and Goose, which are neither thing. And so that's what Method Traditionnel essentially is. It's not, to me, a style of beer. You're not like, oh, I'm drinking this Method Traditionnel. It's not. It's a certification mark for spontaneous fermentation beer. And so that's kind of that's, – that's sort of the long story about that. But it's, it's got some uh, – it's a self-certification thing, so you basically sign up and – Certify that your business is operating in a certain way when you make this beer, and if it is, then you can use it for free. 
Yeah, he also said on this that it's a blended cool ship, a spontaneous ale. Oh, yeah. On the front label. Right. But then you also have... We have the mark. The mark. Right. So to me, the mark is not a style descriptor. Sure. Because like people, some maybe some critics would say, well, there's Method Traditionnel uh, sparkling wine. Mm-hmm. There's Method Traditionnel and cheese. Yeah, that's true. These are things made probably outside of an appellation. Yep. That use the traditional method. That's exactly the reason why this term is used for uh, this beer. And if if someone wanted to say this is a method traditional and we want to use that on authentically made pilsners made outside of the Czech Republic, then that's probably not a bad idea, I guess, or whatever. Oh, you're, you're coming down on the pilsner brewers now. I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm not. No, I love the pilsner oh brewers. Oh, boy. I'm well, not. I'm not. Corey lingering in the background, the heater Allen. Sure. I love the pilsner brewers. Uh, I'm drinking a pilsner right now, literally. But, Wait, I mean, that's, method, that's, method, that's, method, that's, that's an example. Yeah. Method, it's a method traditional pilsner. I don't know about the process, actually, of this beer. But Yikes. Yeah. I don't know. But I know it's not that. made the Czech Republic, so... Um, are you from Pilsen? As an example. Oh, yeah. Are you from Pilsen? <laughs> this is a, this is Cricket Stave on Pilsner. It's great beer. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I just put you out on a skewer there, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, no, no I, problem. I, no problem. To be honest, I, I've said this on the show before. I think the American brewers that are not fighting but trying to clarify what all American brewers are working towards on this issue, you know, are doing – a a very good job and have honorable intentions and so as much as I can get especially you and Jeffrey to talk about this issue I want to because I also feel like to a large extent there's been a little bit of a vilification going on along the way where it's definitely been a divide yeah where we're not trying to steal anything we're not trying to uh, skip paying proper dues to uh, traditional makers of these styles, and you know, I think actually bringing up Pilsner is a is a good example. Or you know, I made fun of uh, before by saying we stole IPA from England and all this stuff, sure. and it's like how many breweries make a Berliner Weiss? Yeah, lots. How many? <laughs> that says the place in it, right? <laughs> you're not Berliner if you're anywhere but Berlin. Yep, Gozes now. Sure, that's a, that's a general Leipzig style. Right? So it's not. It's just. You know, all right, now I'm going to go way hot take. But okay, hot take. Hot take. Oh, boy. Let's not call it a kettle sour. I'd well, rather call it Goza. Yeah, neither Ber- neither Berliner Weiss nor, nor Goza was traditionally a kettle sour beer. So, sure. you whoa. know, it's just... Whoa. This take is so hot, my, oh my God. my yeah. microphone is on fire. Is that, are right we, are we recording right now? <laughs> <laughs> the internet is going to burn. You just said kettle sour, so... You nope, know. the funk blows up. <laughs> yeah. It's a fact. It's a fact. But, Fight um... Me. But, yeah, how do you guys at your respective breweries, you know, kind of struggle with those, uh, you know, the appellations, how you name your beers? I think that's a thing we're talking about constantly as the camaraderie, the group of sour beer brewers in the United States. How are we trying to accurately name these beers, but also pay respect, but also differentiate beers that maybe take a month? to make versus take you know as Jim was just saying some of his beers take two to three years to make sure but what if the beer that I make at my brewery in the similar process as Jim's takes six months and then he has a beer that comes out that takes 36 months how do we grapple with that if you could just figure that out right now on the air that'd be great <laughs> yeah, no problem for for Got speciation it. we don't really we tend to avoid anything like that uh, honestly because we're only a year and a half old, and we don't have three-year blends. You don't so have thirty-six. Let's be clear. But speciation, yeah. they are artisans. We are artisans. It's in the name. So. Um, <laughs> but we, we tend to avoid that for now. Uh, most of the time, we just say sour beer aged in whatever with whatever fruit, mm-hmm. um, because I like to avoid the controversy that some other brewers make it into. For now. James is raising his eyebrows <laughs> up and down. You know, I think it's a good idea. As one, right of, the, as one of the brewers just getting for now. Yeah. Right around, people start to know who you are, which is, I guess, that ship's already sailed. You should make some shirts as a joke. 
that are just absolutely, apparently, completely inflammatory to some people who are really insecure about how they <laughs> yeah. make their beer. Yeah, I was there for that. <laughs> I know you were. Yeah, I was there for that. I think you took the famous picture, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think I did. There's what? been a big request to remake those shirts. Yeah. What are you guys talking about? What and how do you I don't know, know each other? What, I don't know. I made two shirts uh, as part of Milk the Funk. Because people always argued about kettle sours versus wild ales or whatever you want to call other types of sour beer. And I made one that said, long live wild ales. Mm-hmm. And I made another one, which was much more contested, which said, death to kettle sours. Mm. Now, let me tell you this. <laughs> if you make a shirt, I'm just saying this for all the people out there who got really pained about this. How dare you? And I know some of them. He's yeah, going to use different, he was going to use different terminology. First of all. Tell you. <laughs> yeah. But he subbed it out for pain. First of and all. you know what he was going to say. First of all. <laughs> Our kettle uh, sours are really good. It, that's true. And a lot of them are. There's really mm-hmm. great kettle sours in Denver. I drink them. It's, it's not about James, all kettle sours. But James, you should try mine. But you generalized all of them. All right, fine. I did. Okay. So if someone said death to spontaneous fermentation, I would not flinch because I'm confident in how I make my beer and what I found is most of the people who I know who are making good kettle sour beers they uh, weren't really harmed weren't by so it. Insecure they, they didn't about really it. care about oh, it they're like man you know why we do it oh. it's cheaper than your beer and, and then some people and, and, and I would say maybe some of those people were passing off kettle sour beers as something that they weren't and Suddenly, the public is aware, and people are writing articles about what is a kettle sour beer. Name those people real quick. Not <laughs> name, name names. It's, it's already gone way Wait too all out far. For us. It's already gone way too far. So anyway, uh, that's in the past. There's Tell been us a what big, you really think. There's been a big demand <laughs> to remake that shirt, but we're not going to do it. Ironically, we only sold like 12 of them, so I don't know why people are so upset. It's not like everybody's wearing these shirts, but literally 12 sold. I bought two of them, yeah. and I can't wear them. Because so, you had to get They're 10, so contested. You had to get 10 pre-sales in order for right. them to actually this do the shirt. Yeah, this was like a, this was one of these deals where like you design a shirt, and if you get enough, then yeah. you sell them. Right. And See, this uh, is like when Jay and I subscribe to our own show on iTunes. We're, yeah. we're boosting our own numbers here. We right, I bought two of shirts. We doubled the listeners yeah, I don't think, immediately. Enough, I don't think Mitch has one. No, I don't. I, he, I he, kind of regret it just because yeah, yeah. it's a piece of history now. It is. Uh, I still have them. You just don't wear them. I want no, one. Is our journey still exist? I need one of these. Shows. No, they don't exist. Damn yeah. it. Yeah. I'm going to make my own. You can make your own. Yeah. You can make your own, though. James and the I did that network. once. Uh, we we made our own a lot of shirts. <laughs> yeah. Not Death the Kittle Sour shirts. No. Other shirts. But yeah. Black Project shirts. Yeah. The original ones. Yep. I'm getting the implication that you could you two have worked together before. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's true. Oh, yeah, that's we true. should Sorry, that's talk me, about that's that. That's me setting you up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah perfect. It was this kind of like skeezy nightclub situation. In the, no, that's not true. Spearmint Rhino. <laughs> Go on. Yeah. Spearmint Rhino. Okay. The skeezy nightclub. We'll call it that. Yeah. We'll call it that. Now, I, Mitch I was a dancer. To, I, that's not what I was going to say. But, uh, <laughs> that long hair came in handy. I oh, for, yeah. Would you please? Would you please make one of you make a beer called Spearmint Rhino? <laughs> Just it won't me. fit on our label. We have a hard eleven character limit by our designer. Sorry. Okay. I mean, draft, draft beer, maybe. I think that would fit better with our brand since yeah. it's like animal. Oh, it's an animal. Yeah. And, uh, That's fine. Yeah. Spearmint Rhino. We'll do a collab. Spearmint. Yeah. Rhin- That's the next Rhin-ation. one. Yeah. Spearmint Rhino. Need to shun. So many letters. You got to keep owning That's that shun beer thing. That's a lot of letters. <laughs> so, so, anyways, back to. Uh, how James and I know each other. Uh, so James started a brewery called Former Future. Uh, James and Sarah hired me to be a bartender, and I don't know. I don't know why, because I uh, misidentified. You were, the, you were the best of the three people I, that were bartenders at I, brewing. I misidentified <laughs> Two other a sucked. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale as a German blonde ale. Air quotes because I was so nervous. Oh, yeah. We did a blind tasting for our interviews, which we don't oh, do anymore. Jesus, that's really fucking hard to do. Yeah. Wow, yeah. you're an interview, somebody just gives you a beer oh, and is like, identify this. Brutal. That's difficult. Oh my that's god. But he gave the worst up. answer. He yeah. gave the worst answer. <laughs> we a style that doesn't exist. Do. Yeah. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Everybody else is like, I think it's like an IPA or like a Pale Ale. I don't know what brand. He goes German. German, German Blondale. Blondale. And you're like, you're hired. Is that, out of nowhere. Is that a thing? German yeah. Blondale. But he also walked like three miles in a blizzard yeah, to get true. to his interview. It was I'm crazy. I'm from Michigan. We, it was ridiculous. A blizzard is no big deal. We were like, you walked here? He's like, yeah, I'm going to walk home. We're like, from Central wow. Park? Yeah. From City Park? Yeah. In City Denver? Park. Yeah. What is wrong with you? No big deal. We like snow in Michigan. 
most crazy, of us. Crazy person. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I brewed for, well, they hired me as a bartender, but I just started brewing. It just, I don't know. That's what I really wanted to do. He brewed lots and lots of salted caramel porter. Yeah, oh, that was the worst. Uh, thankfully, they've since changed over to Black Project. Completely. Yeah, former future's been totally. There is no more, right? It's it, it is now right. Black Project. Right. Period. There were some yeah. really like a lot of really good beers. Yeah, were, I think there were good beers. I think they were well respected in Denver Definitely. too. Honestly, people ask us all the time about Celtic Caramel Porter, which is weird because people used to always come in and ask us about Black Project beer. <laughs> so Once we started that, the opposite. People would come into former future and be like, "You got Black Project?" We're like, "No, no. we don't." Sorry. Yeah, that's and what I have to like, say all the time. Porter? Wow, isn't that funny? Got that so I'm, I'm brewing like uh, Salted Caramel Porter like half the time. And then yep. some other just English IPA and that kind of stuff. IPL. Oh, yeah. And then uh, mean, meanwhile, while I'm brewing these beers and James is working at the brewery, all we're talking about the whole time, every day for like, I don't know, the whole day is sour brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so eventually I, I knew I wanted to start a brewery. At first I thought it was like session brewery, something like that, but then it was it gonna be yoga yoga themed brewery. Yeah, something like that. Who knew, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Like really? a like a healthy brewery. Eventually we saw the light and we're, we're like, <laughs> oh, all we talk about is making sour beer yeah. and Grand Rapids there's a big hole for sour beer. So we just like like let's fill that gap. Uh, and so I brewed for James for James and Sarah for two years and uh, then moved on you to start, fired. Sp- start species. <laughs> yep. In disgrace. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yep. Fired in disgrace over the death to kettle sours uh, shirt idea. Right. Fiasco. Right. You know, speaking of shirts, something we uh, forget to mention uh, is that with the still Sour Hour shirts in the BN store, there are Sour Hour t-shirts in the BN store. There you go. So if you want to not offend people with your t-shirt oh, I, I like to offend people as much as possible. <laughs> you can go to thebrewingnetwork.com slash store and get yourself a Sour Hour t-shirt. They're really cool. It's got our new logo on it. Yes, that is right. Mm. Go on. I just wanted to mention that. That's the whole story. That's the whole story. That's it. No. uh, Wow. That's it. No. Okay. Well, it's (laughs) been a good show. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's great. I learned everything from James basically just because we were just, we were in Milk the Funk at the same time. And that was, you know, kind of the peak of uh, people getting pissed at other people's opinions about how to make beer. And there's just a lot going on. It's very active. I think to Uh, set the scene about what the brewery state was like. At former future, for eight or ten months. Oh yeah, there were three people who worked there: me, Sarah, and Mitch. Mm-hmm. And we did bartending, everything, brewing. So Mitch and I spent a tremendous amount of time together. And then when we had a rare day off, we'd still spend it. We'd like go camping or something. <laughs> yeah, Saturday. Pretty good. Um, that was good. So yeah. Yeah, it was so, good times. Good times. Uh, we fucking, why'd you move away? I don't know. I know. <laughs> Mitch. God damn it. I'll, I'll get a cottage in James Colorado. James misses you. Someday. 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 All right, Sour Beer Game is good. All right, cottage. All right, great. Actually, Someday. You, you should get a cottage in Western Michigan. That yeah, it's, okay. it's amazing. That's gorgeous. Yeah, probably it's true. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, and they got lakes there. Yeah, got yacht, there's so water. Put up, I'll wrap my yacht around. Yacht life. Go ice fishing. Ice fishing, too. Yeah. Someone on the stream uh, last night, actually, was saying that he ice fishes. You know, they bring basically full RVs, and they park oh, yeah. them on the ice and ice oh, fish. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's thick. Oh, yeah. yeah and it's real, it, yeah. there are this lake he goes to. There, it's like, it's dotted with, it's like an RV park, but they're on an ice. And that's he's crazy. fishing. That's, anyway. uh, that's like heard, February in Michigan. Yeah. I've heard ice fishing is mostly drinking. It's, yeah, it yeah, is. I was it just going to say, this whole ice fishing <laughs> ruse. <laughs> I, that's all, what I heard. And, and I know you're going to be able to confirm this. It's such bullshit. It's, it's bullshit. all drinking and smoking weed that's like that's it's, like all they do in those tents i fell in love with it once i heard that it because i always thought ice fishing it's the stupidest thing it's I've the ever cold heard. until i realized the guy what it was yeah, i'll just wait to fish till you, spring thanks yeah. and you're like wait a minute you guys just hang out and smoke weed and drink okay. oh okay well then sounds fine. like the best sport ever right <laughs> now right. i get it i'm a sportsman now yeah yeah <laughs> so sporty uh, would you like to do this beer and then take a break before we get to the last three in the final segment? Yes. Does that sound reasonable? Oh, yeah. Foxcart? Uh, yep. Foxbat? I thought it was Foxcart. Oxcart? No, this guy. F- which one are we talking about? This, uh, this see, one right I'm here. Th- I'm just Foxbat. I saw ox and I just... That's uh, the way. It does have ox in it. Fox I can't tell bat. you what it is. It's not really a word. It's two words put together. Yeah, Fox it's bat. uh Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's got... Fruit? Mitch, tell us about this beer. <laughs> James has clearly never seen this beer before. I've seen it. It's, you know, there's a what lot of them. This? There's a lot of them. And, uh, so this one's got rosemary, sage, and sea salt. 
and peaches. He's reading Very his good. own label, by the way. <laughs> he didn't say that from memory. Okay. And it's from, right. uh, uh, you guys don't you know, know this. It's a fun game. You should do a quiz. You should have everybody on here and get some beers from years ago. I How actually, would you do? No, I do terrible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I actually blended that uh, three years ago. That's not even true. I love the salt and spice. You know that that's a great way to go with sour beer. I feel like overall. Yeah. And uh, so it's a great execution of it. Thanks. What what is your salt level and like what is your salting rate? If you mm. want to talk about that, getting technical. We we salt a lot of our beers. That's a secret. Yeah. Also, how do you just add salt? We we just did it to one of our beers, essentially like a traditional goza, but not at all because it's <laughs> sure. just a barrel like a. <laughs> Old, so an American, just like that. Yeah, it's an old barrel-aged beer, but sure. we, did, we add sea salt and coriander because right, right. we like the flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, we did that once. Mm-hmm. You were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did. We we boiled some Come salt on. and we tried to mix it in as best we could, but mm. we were like hyper worried about it just falling salt to the bottom. Falling to the bottom sure. and you get like the first third of bottles are like ocean water and then yeah. oh, the last third or nothing yeah we, yeah we mix it in with our uh priming sugar when we bottle condition um so we just what are you talking about you're talking about speciation right now yeah okay for salt, <laughs> go for salt levels go ahead i was like that's okay yeah. yes i just jumped in with my right. opinion yep uh he, james he started his own brewery i know i know <laughs> i've heard of it it's somewhere in the north wisconsin <laughs> in the frigid north canada i don't know it's, I know it's north of uh, Jester King. It's north of That's Jester King. I know there's yeah. ice fishing. <laughs> well, he's just talking about when he adds his salt. Right, right, Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah. that's it. I just add it uh, with our... With priming sugar. With our priming sugar. So you dissolve yeah. it in hot water Hot first. water. Mm-hmm. What so, if you yeah. fuck it up? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't take it out. Yeah. No, you can't. But but we've, we've done little tests before, and based on, like, my perception of the beer... That's where we go. I can't guarantee it's going to be perfect uh, every single time. Sure. But we, what we, is perfect? We, even we've tasted. Yeah, yeah we, what exactly. Is we've tasted. Some people are like, "Oh, I don't even get the salt." And some people are like, "This is salty." For the yeah, for, for, for the most part, it's the same base beer. So I, I have an idea of where to shoot for. Sure. Um, based on taste. We uh, I think with this one, we we had them usually we had the salt pre fermentation with fruit if we're using fruit. Mm. So we do a, a recurring fruited salted beer on tap, and we had the salt with the fruit, and I. Feel like that refermentation mixes it up sufficiently. I would think so. Um, but I would do the same thing if I was going to add something later. I would dissolve it with the sugar and hot water and put it in. Then because the salt's not probably adding anything microbially. It's just a it's a it's a water not adjustment. Yeah, it's yeah. a water. We view it as a water adjustment, definitely. Right. Even though it's happening like very end. Right, of the but process, like most water but adjustments, you can actually do them later. Yeah. it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's no real like f- perceptible flavor difference between salt added pre fermentation and salt added like, at bottling. Why, I can't imagine why there would be. I can't either. I don't. Maybe uh-huh. pre fermentation just dissolves yeah. sodium and chloride might adjust in water. I might affect. The pH. Might have to do the same beer. Sure. I mean, if you know, if you add it in the kettle. I mean, it's possible that there's some sort of utilization by yeast, but I can't imagine it would be enough that it would matter. Rare Barrel's done salted beers, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. just talked about it, but it, now it's that. time yeah. for a break, Scott. Oh, okay. it's a break. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Sorry. I, I know you did them. I heard you talk about them, but I heard you say, like, you guys were kind of yeah. sketched out about, like, what might happen if we do it this way. No, that's correct. Yeah. I was just reacting to Justin laughing in the background. Yeah. Also, Sorry. Jay gets bitchier as the show goes on, doesn't he? Yes. Hour one is it's always better than hour two. I, I feel like this is, right now. This is the one keto. thing he did learn from me. Number one, <laughs> you guys are wrong. Number two, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Who are you calling a <laughs> I wonder if this will be edited or not. All right. I think so. <laughs> Definitely not. All right, let's take a break. Good. We'll be right back on the Sour Hour. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. This is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. Cheers. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love ACDC so much. <laughs> it's the best lead back in of any band. I usually let Jay sing to it for the first about 20 yeah. seconds. Yeah, thanks for coming back. It's Jay. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you coming here to host your show. Yeah, I'm here. Great. I've been here the whole time. Okay, good. Literally. Just waiting for the break. So we're back with James, and Jim's back. Hey, also. Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, James. It's crazy, man. Hey, we've both been just flying Moscow. out to... Moscow's here, too. Do these. Hello. Just I'm here to drink. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out. At yeah, thanks the for being here, guys. Fort Collins Hot Grenade. We're popping some more bottles. I did get a nice little chunk of cork in my last one. Thank you, Moscow. You did? Yeah. Sorry. It adds body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Fiber. <laughs> Fiber good for a shit in the morning. <laughs> There it is. There we go. It's definitely <laughs> I love the second it's hour show. The it's so, so much better. Session you know six? What it's the meltdown. They're yeah. way better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's our meltdown, Justin. I admit to that. Oh, my God. The meltdown. <laughs> Non-caster Jay and all of his ideas. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're way over time, but let's just get to our ending thoughts. We have another Black Project beer. That he's, James has I, told me that he met uh, these guys when he was in China on that trip. And this is oh a yeah, collab right, he did right. with this brewery. This. Yeah, literally after the disaster Beijing. of a Skype communication, <laughs> uh, my dad and I went and went to this uh, brewery in Beijing called Jing'e. Super cool dudes. Uh, poured a bunch of really experimental, crazy beers for us that were all really well executed. Um, like surprisingly well, because craft beer is not a thing so much in China, especially in Beijing. Yeah, so uh, I ended up hooking up with those guys a few times at some international festivals, and then they uh, came over and did a did a beer with us. So it's a, it's basically a Hawthorne Berry spontaneous ale. Mm. Um, and it's, yeah, I like it. They didn't do spontaneous at their brewery there, did they? I don't, but we've talked about doing a collab there on the Great Wall. Mm. So, uh, a Great Wall cool ship. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, so hopefully... That would be epic. That'd be great. I would love to do it. That'd be great. Anyone Hopefully listening, soon. don't steal that idea. Yeah. Copyright would probably be tough <laughs> for them to do so. Please yeah. invite the Brewing Network to that, too. Uh, we want to Okay, yeah, absolutely. Being on the road, China. You're going to hike in work up yeah. to the Great Wall? Whatever we got to do, man. Everybody yeah. gets a five-gallon keg on their back. We're not above anything. It's <laughs> hot. I'm in the hot. Right? I'm part of that. Non-caster <laughs> Jay yeah. is invited. Yep. Yeah. What's the craziest collab you've done, Jim? That's a good question. Let's think here. Craziest collab. We don't do a whole lot of collabs, as you know, Jay. We've done a couple collabs with a group called the Wild Beer Company, which we're starting with again mm-hmm. this next year, which is kind of an interesting one. So we're actually bringing in their flora from Somerset, England. That started their brewery. So they ship it over. We brew a beer with their flora, and we brew a beer with some of our stuff. And then get together and combine those things. We call it a cross Atlantic wild ale. Sure, love it. So that's the, cool. And that's that's definitely pretty crazy for us. We're we're not a big fan of like using other people's uh, juju. We call it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. Right. So and, and we we've, we've been over to Somerset. So that's a different a different story. Would be these guys they've cultured this this yeast, this wild yeast off of apples out in the Somerset area of England, which is a very famous cider area. When you go there, one of the coolest things that that area has going for it is these ancient cider houses that have been there for hundreds of years that are still operating, making this like this really wild, sour, tart, rough, rough cuts of the cider. But the apples that they use there are so unique, so perfect for that, that they have so much tannin and tartness already in mm. that I didn't know cider could even taste like a wild beer until I went over there and I was like, holy crap, this is actually drinkable cider. I, I just knew, you know, whatever cider orchard we have out here, wild orchard or whatever it's called. Angry orchard. Angry, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say the word angry, but oh, I did. sorry. I, didn't, I thought me, you didn't know legitimately. It, I was no, trying I, to help you. Sorry. No, I didn't. I didn't. I but yeah, so something cultured from... from apples and they started a whole brewery based off of this this uh, augmented uh, Saccharomyces strain and strangely enough we, we started using it and the first thing that comes to mind when you smell it and taste it is you're like cider this is it's you know fermenting malt, malt based but it's sure. kicking off like an I swear it's like an apple kind of thing it could be you know oxidized ethanol but honestly it's it's got this real nice like balanced tang to it 
and it's not too tart after the fermentation went through. Uh, this, this time around, we, we did, I think, about 100 barrels of it. So it's going to be 50% their whole wild yeast, 50% ours. And then on top of that, we'll be doing some golden raspberries and uh, candied violet petals. Oh, wow. okay. I like yeah. that. Wow. So cross-Atlantic. Cross that's, that's a pretty... Oh, I should mention that we've worked with leaf mints. And that's mm. another crazy one. So getting a chance to work with some of our heroes in the sour beer industry, or the worldwide sour beer industry. Uh, back in 2016, Leafman's graced us by sending us a few kegs of their products, uh, the Gutenbond and the unblended Brute Creek. Creek Brute, either way. Uh, so that's that cherry beer that they, they make, uh, unblended with any, any sweet beer. So it was super tart, uh, beautiful cherry tart, lovey goodness that they sent over and we just did a collaboration where those guys came back over the blenders from leafens came back over we put those beers which we had put in barrel um inoculated with our secondary bacteria so we took took it even further good bond um plus barrel works inoculum and then also the creek with that and then put that back in front of them and they were just like i didn't know a beer could taste like this with brett i mean brett's a big problem for for a lot of those guys they're mm-hmm. And over there, that it's all clean. They want just lactic acid bacteria. After you've been to Leafman's, there's, there's no way to believe that there's not Brett involved. Yeah. But the Brett they know is such a different creature than what what we're using here in the United States. Sure. Yeah. So they were they they thought there's no way you can make a beer with Brett or make it taste good. So when we put that in front of them, they were blown away. So having those those two beers in front of them, and then them blending, and then us kind of throwing more in into their uh, their palate. F- the funniest thing came about. So we were able to put a beer together with two Leafmans, the Gutenbond and the Brew Creek, and then we threw a, a dry-hopped breaded pail in front of them, and they loved it. Well, I can't, sure. Can yeah. I just say, I like how you just said hopped right there. Dry-hopped. I hear they're adding more hops. hops. Yeah, and in those beers, hops <laughs> are not something really. that is prevalent over in, in the Leafmans world. So yeah. they immediately gravitated toward the hoppiest thing they could find. And then we threw some hybrid in front of them, too, and they are just like, okay, let's put all these together. <laughs> so that's, yeah, it's not that. It's not China. It's not Space Station. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking drop a drop a cool ship from a space station, and then there you go. On, onto the Great Wall. That's the key. I One think day. it would probably evaporate. But. I think the water on Mars would have a great profile. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I know this. We're way over time. All right. And thank you guys for being with us. First of all, thanks for having. Thanks for having us, yeah. Jake. But the one thing we have to end the show on is have to. One question. Oh, for yeah. Justin, Justin, <laughs> can you Poor please James. ask James <laughs> yeah. what okay. the biggest mistake in sour beer sure. brewing is? I, I'd be honored to ask him. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Because I know it's, it's important. It's an important question. I've been prepared that for you this. That you're prepared for. Well, and another answer came to my mind. Earlier, oh. But so you're, you're, so you're, you're changing your answer. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> ask it, and we'll see what the question is. I'm I don't ready. Know. I don't even know. What's so, James. Okay. What is one piece of advice you <laughs> To brewers, that's not the question. That's not it. It's not. You're not doing it right, <laughs> James. I mean, I don't know what What's the question the is. What's the biggest mistake in sour beer making? <laughs> Non-caster Jay had to. Is, do that, it is that the question? What's the, the biggest day? mistake in sour beer brewing? Yeah, it's a stupid question. <laughs> Kettle souring. Full stop. All right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. After my t-shirts. Uh, no. So here's what I'll say. My my answer is to that. It's. Uh, Mitch just recorded that, by the way. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's great. That's great. Uh, Can you just post that on Milk, Milk the Bunk? Yeah, put that on all the <laughs> – put that everywhere. Yeah. My real answer is not letting the beer be itself. Oh, okay. Hot take. All Expand. Right. All right. I think uh, a lot of people out there want to control and essentially, like, I feel like they strangle their beer. And I, and I feel like listening even to Peter earlier, which may have been a different episode. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, listening to Peter Brukartark <laughs> a couple hours ago about how he, he can influence the direction of the beer. But it's not some kind of precise control. You can do this thing and you hope that it makes the beer make a turn. Um, and I feel like that's kind of our, our motto. And I think a lot of people would better serve making sour beer by... Letting it do what it does. Now, can you steer it a little bit, right? It's like walking a dog, kind of. Like, you can't make it fly into the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you kick it really hard, maybe. But 
Uh, small dog. Small dog. Uh, None of these statements but, have been endorsed by the Sour or the Brewing Network. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. Uh, you know, it kind of does what it does. Uh, and so you can kind of, kind of angle and control it. Um, but I, I think I see so many people online, especially homebrewers, and like, oh, I'm going to add this little microbe here and then this this part and then this this part and like it's just very like regimented like they think it's a it's programming a computer and yeast are not a computer microbes are not a computer it's a it's a living ecosystem and i think the best sour beers are made by an ecosystem of microbes and to try and control that is a fool's errand i would agree yeah i think that's a great piece of advice and it's almost like i've i made this metaphor before where it, it's almost exercise this metaphor implies a little more control but it's like you're you raise a child and you try to you know instill the right values in them sure. and then it's kind of like then you send them off to college sure and then yeah. when they're done they come back as like an adult who's been exposed to the world and new people and probably their lifelong friends sure and they come back as a totally different person right maybe there's like specs of what you hoped they yeah. would be in there, oh, but absolutely. they're really their absolutely. own people, yeah. and you can really your, just hope you're in the that shadow you of your influence. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. you instilled some good things. Sure, but ultimately, it's up to them. So, right. And right. some people try to strangle their children. Yes, and, and I think I think there's a lot of that out there. Yeah. I think in sour beer production, where you mean people sour want beer to con- makers strangle their children. I think they strangle yeah, their <laughs> right. I would say just to, to build on that topic. What brought that to mind was impatience. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it. Sure. Impatience is a huge part of it. It's, it's trying to force something to happen that, that takes time. And, and these beers do have their own, like you said, ecosystem. But they also have their, they have age that it imparted on them. It's, it's a part of the flavor. Sure. It, it needs to happen. Right. And people trying to put sour beer in a box saying, oh, it takes 12 months. Or it takes six months. Or with this bacteria, it takes this long. Right. It you don't know how long it's going to take. Right. And it's, it's really the beer tells you when it's done. Sure. The beer can't be itself in a certain timeline. If, if, if you're trying to let the beer be itself, you can't say, now you're done. That's not like you know when it's done. It tells you when it's done. But you can't be like knowing, well, this will be done in six months. I know because I've just started it. You never know that until it tells you and you taste it and it's done. By the way. Now we're done. I know. <laughs> right. Now we're done. This show is a great. Now we're done. We let the show play out how it was going to, and now it's telling us it's done. <laughs> it's yeah. done. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, James, for being yeah. on the show. Thanks awesome. to Thank all you. of our guests on the Sour Hour. Thank you for being here, and everybody. Thank you to everyone who came out to the Fort Collins. Thank you, oh, Fort Collins. Thank you very Collins. much, Fort Collins. Very appreciated. Thanks to the Brewing Network, the Hot Grenade, and we'll see you next time. Stay sour. <laughs> <laughs> Two roads diverged in the woods, and I took the one less traveled, baby. <laughs>